When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. I'm Ben. We are, as always, joined by our super producer, Noel the Mobile Brown. I like it. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Every so often we get one right. Yeah. And that makes this car stuff. How about the pump man? The pump man. Yeah. Oh, that's a, you know, if we were in a heist film, it would sound as though Noel uh, were the fellow with the shotgun. Oh, I wish we were in a heist film. That's, that's probably my favorite type of film ever. Heist really? films. Yeah, I love heist films. Oh, man. Yeah, I spend an inordinate amount of time, Scott, figuring out who would be who were you and I and Noel and some of our coworkers to create a heist team. Where they do like those freeze frames and they'll have like below uh-huh. like the brains or yeah, something like yeah. that or, you know, whatever it is, the, 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 the technician. And this is such a side note. It's such a tangent, but for our listeners out there, if you are also a fan of heist films, we do have one brain stuff video called, uh, it's called like, why shouldn't I rob a bank or something like that? Oh yeah. And in that, we uh, and then that we have some of our coworkers pop up in that style Scott's describing, where we have you know someone come up like uh, Lauren Numbers Vogelbaum or like Scotty Two Hands Benjamin. I watched that. There's some surprises in there too, like uh, just how well how low paying that job is. Yes, call it a job. Yeah, and uh, an extreme high risk. And how many how many banks? We break down the numbers of how many banks one would have to rob. In order to be above the poverty line, reminds me of my uh, Brinks car. Um, you know, um, I try to stay away from Brinks delivery vans. You remember that from a long, long time yeah, ago. We yeah, talked about that, yeah. and that, and other people wrote in and said the same thing mm-hmm. that they try to avoid all of that activity at all costs because of you know potential for some chaos happening. Right, and just you don't want to be anywhere near that stuff. You just don't want to be taken as suspicious when you're not. Uh, there's just a there's a weird thing with. Uh, with Brinks delivery trucks being around me and, mm-hmm. and other people too, I know. And it goes back to the situation you put yourself in. So one situation that we're all familiar with as drivers will be, of course, the gas station, the oasis of the uh, desert that is the American interstate. Yeah, let's say that you're running low on fuel when you leave home yeah. and you get to work and you realize that you were supposed to stop for fuel on the way. So now you're really, really low on but fuel. But you're, you're too busy. But you're at the office and you're yeah. maybe downtown. 
And, of course, you know, gas stations downtown are a bit more scarce than they are out in the suburbs, maybe. Not to mention more expensive. And far more expensive. That's right. So what do you do? I mean, do you push it and try to get home again on that already low tank? Ding, 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 ding with the with the E-light flashing. Yeah, it's trouble. And I see a lot of motorists stranded on the side of the road that are, you know, uh, using that that safety, uh, what do they call it, the hero vehicles that come around yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. help people with uh-huh. some minor minor things like changing the tire or whatever. Right. They have a gallon of fuel that they'll provide you with for free. But, uh, you know, the, that's just one gallon to get you to the nearest gas station. It's not like what we're going to be talking about today. It's a That's a slightly different thing. Right, yeah. What we're talking about today will be the, uh, oh, and just a side note, here in Atlanta, HERO stands for Highway Emergency Response Operators. Oh, okay, yeah. And I know the question that some people might have, which is, hey, Ben, you're pretty much a skinflint, right? You're a cheapskate. Have you ever just driven to empty for that free gallon of gas? The answer is no. Even I have not done that. No, that would be a terrible situation to put yourself in, uh, you know, intentionally. Right. An awful idea. But what if there were a better way? Yeah, there is a better way. In fact, there's a better way that's been happening for quite some time now. And I, I honestly didn't know this was going on for this long because some of these companies that we're going to talk about today have been around for upwards of 18 months in yeah, certain parts more of the, than a year. certain parts of the, the United States. Um, what we're talking about is these gasoline delivery startups. And it's, it's really, it's fuel on demand. Wherever you want, whenever you want, you can get fuel put into your vehicle. And, you know, in the past, I was thinking about this and that's not a new idea. No. By any means. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll talk about where and, and the companies and everything in just a moment. But for, I mean, since there since there's been machinery, really, mm-hmm. people have been getting fuel delivered to that machinery. You know, if it's not street legal, if it's not uh, something that um, is is mobile, even you know, some large right. construction equipment that requires diesel fuel. I mean, massive amounts of diesel mm-hmm. fuel. Farmers that require um, a fill up in their own tanks so that they can fill up their tractors and their skid loaders or whatever they have there to do their jobs. Um, they can fill up those machines whenever they need to, you know, day or night. Right. Um, you know, sometimes also, again, large amounts of fuel. Or if you have an isolated home, you might have uh, your own fuel tank. Right, yeah, or uh, heating oil. Yeah, my, I, had, I had an aunt that had a, uh, a gasoline tank for just that purpose, and it was bigger than a 55-gallon drum. It was uh, probably three or four times that size. Right. And occasionally they would have somebody come out and fill that thing, and then they have, of course, their own pump set up so that they can pump it into their own personal vehicles. But they were... Miles and miles from the nearest gas station and out in the middle of the country. But they, and I think that was the original intent was for the previous owners who operated it as a farm. They were simply mm-hmm. living in it as a residence, you know, just a, just a home out in the middle of nowhere, really. Well, yeah, especially if you live in a place that has inclement weather, you know, yeah. like parts of the Northeast can be very, uh, it can have very severe weather during the winter, which is why it pays to have access to bulk fuel in your home or heating oil. And then there will be companies like uh, Wilco, for instance, a pretty big company will deliver uh, will deliver fuel, diesel or gas to these residential areas, rural areas. It's not, you know, it's not the newest idea on the block, but what we're seeing now over the past few months is a, uh, a radical take on this. Yeah, it is. And and we're going to compare this in a, in a way to Uber, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very similar. It's a, it's, and, and, and in a lot of ways, and we'll explain it. In fact, there's even a tie-in later that we'll yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of confusing. But the companies that are already doing this, the ones that, that are, are listed as, uh, you know, current 
operating gasoline delivery startups are are companies called like Filled, mm-hmm. We Fuel, mm-hmm. Yoshi, Purple, Booster Fuels, and these are operating in places like San Francisco, L.A., Palo Alto, Nashville, Tennessee, here and? right here in Atlanta. Yeah. Now, I haven't seen any of these around town yet. I haven't. I, and if I have, I haven't noticed it because maybe they look like uh, you know just a construction equipment or you know part of another. Part of a, uh, a fleet of vehicles that goes out to um, yeah. you know, job sites or whatever. I haven't seen them. Well, because, you know, it's similar in the way that uh, construction equipment is refueled. You know, they, the mm-hmm. companies have their own pump trucks where they put, uh, you know, um, storage tanks on the back of a pickup truck maybe. And then they have an electric fuel pump that, that operates. And they can fill any machine they need to with diesel fuel without obviously having to load it onto a, uh, you know, a flatbed and then haul that thing to the gas station mm-hmm. and have it filled up. So, um, again, it's not a brand new idea. But it is new for the type of consumer that they're catering to here because they're talking about just office workers, uh, people that, um, you know, simply residential, you know, right. uh, um, uh, locations where people just don't want to be bothered, I guess, with driving to the gas station. And, and that kind of leads me to a, a quick question before we really get into okay. this. Okay. Yeah. Do you hate the process of going to the gas station so much that you would sign up for a service like this? And then we'll talk about, we'll talk about fees and, and, other logistic issues in a moment. But do you right. hate the process that much? Because I think some people really do hate going to the gas station. It's like the worst part of their week. I'm, I'm going to answer this candidly. and There is only one place that I've been where I hated the gas stations. Mm-hmm. It's New Jersey because you can't pump your own gas. However, I love gas stations. If this were not a family show, I would be cursing. Uh, I will sometimes... Dude, I don't need gas. I'll just go to a quick trip. I think they have cool stuff. You know what? I do the exact same thing, and I like the process. Yeah, a I, good gas station is almost like a general store. I, I see it also as a way to get out and stretch your legs on a, on a hot summer day. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I know it's hot or whatever, yeah, but yeah. it's a good, good time to get out of the car and stretch a little bit. Uh, get the, get the, you know, the blood pumping back again in your legs. And yeah. also, it gives you a chance to, you know, just, I do this. I just kind of check to make sure all my tires are still inflated sure, and make yeah. sure that, you know, I, I clean the windshield or something like uh-huh. that. I just kind of busy myself while it's pumping. I'm not yep. really bothered by it. Right. It's, it's cool to, uh, slow down and wait. One of my favorite things about road trips are actually the, the odd gas stations you can find on the way. I'll always try to go for the mom and pop one off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. And especially in areas where there there's a proliferation of regional, I guess, culture, you mm-hmm. can find some really cool and weird stuff. And, it, you know, I like to, if I'm not in a hurry, you know, I'll pull over at a gas station or a rest stop that's by uh, some wilderness or forest or a nice field or something. And then I'll, you know, I'll have lunch there. Yeah, you that's know, a good like idea. A picnic kind of thing. Have you ever gone to one of, and this is particularly here yeah. in the south, I think. Mm. You'll pull into one of those mom-and-pop type stations that's off the freeway maybe a mile or two or a couple miles even. Yeah. And it doesn't get a lot of business, and they're trying to sell, like, homemade food on the counter. Like, you know, the yeah, the, uh, yeah. Uh, you know they, they've cooked biscuits and gravy that morning, and they're selling it there at the store or something like that. You know, oh, they're yeah. making their own breakfast sandwiches. Oil peanuts. And it's not coming from some big corporation where, you know, they're pre-wrapped and everything. Yeah, it's they a, got the one fryer with the chicken. Yeah. And they'll tell you if the chicken's hot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that. Stuff. I like those places. I really do. There, there's something to that. And but we're not every person. No, we're not. And some people really do hate the process. I mean, they they just can't stand it. It's the worst part of their week when they have to go. So these services that we're talking about, and really the, the addition here, I guess, is that it's now electronic. There's an there's an app that you can uh, you can install on your phone. 
Uh-huh. And, of course, you have to do the whole sign-up process with the credit card information and everything for billing. But once you do that, uh, then you're registered to use these services that will come to your home, your office, uh, you know, wherever you are, I guess. Even if you're – let's say that you – practice softball on Wednesday nights and you uh, want to have the tank filled up on Wednesday nights at the park, you can do that. And while you're practicing, they'll yeah. come by and fill up your tank. Yeah, it's it's quite a service. I mean, I can see where there's some benefit to this for some people. Some it, This is one of those doesn't fit everybody right now situations, mm-hmm. uh, just just like Uber, I think, is, is sure. in a similar way. Yeah. Uh, some people use it just, you know, when they need to, maybe an emergency or something. But uh, this this idea, it's it's kind of interesting, I think. And there's a lot of different ways to look at this because you are being charged a uh, you're not being charged a premium for the fuel but you are being charged uh, a flat delivery rate right okay so this is interesting because they they don't always have the the same business model but i believe it is filled determines the price of the gas you pay uh, through a calculation of the average price for gas stations around you. Yeah, Filled is one of the companies that operates here in Atlanta, I believe. And then they add a $5 fee. Yeah, so there's a flat fee on top of that. And I've seen numbers that go up to $7, I think. So it's between 5 and $7, the flat fee. But mm-hmm. is it – I'm sorry, I didn't hear. Was it the average or was it the lowest price locally available? Because they on the app, it'll tell you um, – they do it in a couple of different ways. Some of, the, okay. some of these companies operate differently. Right, yeah. So – You'll be told what the price of the fuel will be before it goes into your vehicle, of course. And mm-hmm. it, that will either be the lowest price in the area or the average price in the area. So I know those numbers can vary, you know, probably 30 or 40 cents, it seems like these days. Yeah. That's, that's oh, yeah. how different it is in the city or even more possibly, um, you know, in, in a bigger city. Um, but it is an interesting idea. And, and a lot of people are now questioning the legality of this whole thing, too. And I, yeah. we haven't really talked about the process and everything yet, but 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 the main main focus of this article that I read and the reason I brought this in here today is because they're questioning whether these businesses that are operating in all these major cities now and for again eighteen months in some cases, not in every market, yeah. some of them some of them are operating I wouldn't say illegally, but on the edges of the law because they haven't gotten all the permits and all the um, all the necessary paperwork to go through. They think they have. But that's kind of a gray area. Right. And if you are a driver for one of these services, then are you hazmat certified? Because that's an issue as well. Well, some are and some aren't. Right. So let's go to San Francisco where Lieutenant Jonathan Baxter, a spokesman for the fire department over there, said that it is not permitted for these companies to fuel vehicles and actually (laughs) asked residents of San Francisco to – Call the fire department if they see any companies refueling vehicles in the city. Can you believe that? That he wants them to rat out the companies that are doing this. Now that's a, this is a company that's operating under the idea that they are legal. They're, they're, they're perfectly right. fine to do this. They're saying, well, we're, we've, we've taken care to make sure that the number of gallons that we carry is within the, um, oh, what was it called? The International Fire Code, I think, is what right. they follow, right? Yeah. They're all following this International Fire Code, which is a blanket code that covers all of the United States, but right. some cities alter that in, in ways. They, they modify it. They, uh, they, you know, they, they make changes or provisions to it based on their own personal, or not personal, their own individual <laughs> needs. Like, um, I, I would guess that, you know, LA, maybe, maybe LA does operate under this because they don't have, um, they haven't mentioned anything specific, like you know they're, they're carrying too many gallons of fuel or what. But, but right. they did say well, that's the problem they have with it. They say you can't simply drive around with hundreds of gallons of fuel because these these trucks. Some of them, just to give you an example, a Ford F two fifty 
uh, for, uh, let's see, which company would this be? Um, I think it might be filled also. Uh, they're driving around with something like, you know, 324 gallons of fuel. And that sounds like a very specific number to me. Right. Like maybe 325 is above the limit. So uh. 324 gallons of fuel or gasoline. Uh, they're driving it through the city and into, you know, parking, parking structures and into residential areas. And, and the fire department has a problem with that. And I can understand why they do. But the argument then is that they're not carrying nearly as much as like would a, a big fuel tanker truck. Mm-hmm. But then, <laughs> see, this is like a back and forth thing. You wouldn't be driving a tanker truck of fuel underneath a, let's say, a hospital into a parking structure or underneath an office building. That's something that wouldn't happen. So you right. wouldn't have those, uh, you know, three, instead of 300, it would be 3,000 gallons. They're saying, you know, even if there's an accident, sure, there's 324 gallons of fuel there, but it's not the 3,000 gallons that would, would be spilled if a, a full-size tanker would spill. So it's a much smaller problem. Well, I, I, I still think it's kind of a problem if, you know, 325 gallons or 324 yeah. gallons are spilled somewhere. That's, that's still an issue, but I can, I can really see both sides of this whole thing, Ben. I mean, oh. every, every argument, it seems like, oh yeah, I can see that point, you know, there as well. And a lot of the, um, the cities, you know, Los Angeles is one, I think that they're, um, they're looking into making changes so that something like this can be legal. Right. Yeah. Uh, Los Angeles also looked into it. Uh, they said they're drafting a policy around gas delivery. Our current fire code does not allow for this process. However, we're exploring a way this could be allowed with some restrictions. That's uh, Captain Daniel Curry, spokesman for L.A.'s fire department. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says it's I thought this was a great quote, Scott. He says it's just one of those things that nobody really thought about before, kind of like how Uber popped up out of nowhere. Ah. But he said it's not a gray area. He says, all I can tell you at this time is it's not allowed per our current fire code. Okay, so technically then, filled and any other similar services is not really breaking the law with the current fire code in, in Los Angeles. Is that right? No, they, they say that, it is now. Oh, it's opposite of what I'm thinking then. So, yeah. so it's, it, they are currently operating illegally, but they haven't gone to get permission from them. They didn't go to get any kind of certificate or anything, but right. they have done other things like, you know, this is, this is kind of weird because you know, they'll go to get, like, the, the state troopers to take a look at the truck and make sure that it's, uh, you know, a legit road vehicle right. and do an inspection. But there's really nothing for them to, like, you know, to, to check off, I guess, on the like a, a, a tick box to say, okay, it's got that, it's got this, it's the safety measure. They look at it and say it's generally a safe vehicle. Right. It's contained. It's, you know, the, the pump seems to be operating correctly. There's other things, too, like, um, you know, regu- regulatory issues that uh, you wouldn't normally think of, like, well, the, the Weights and Measures Department. You know how they mm-hmm. – um, for every state, I think, or every yeah. maybe even every county, I don't know how that works, but um, you know when you go to the gas pump and you see those uh, those metal foil stickers that are on the pumps, and they've got they, they usually um, cover a seal so that you know the, the pump can't be opened mm-hmm. um, yeah. without breaking the seal, and they they scribble on it the date and time, maybe a signature or something like that. That is somebody who has come out and measured. Uh, the amount of fuel that comes out of that pump and make sure that a gallon is truly a gallon. It's an exact mm-hmm. measurement. They come out and they weigh it, they measure it and everything. It's, it's, it's perfectly a gallon. Kind of so like that, the way someone goes and tests elevators. You know, every elevator you get in has that little license yeah, on it. Yeah, the certificate. Yeah. Yeah. Or a fire extinguisher. Yeah, or something like, yeah, it's exactly like that. It's just making sure everything is legit and that both sides are getting the best end of the deal. The, the, uh, the station's not being, you know, pumping out too much fuel for too little money. Right. And the customer is getting a true gallon of gas when they're when they're paying for a gallon. Well, they can do that with the pumps here, but they can't inspect the tanks in the same way that they do the tanks at a gas station. They can't inspect certain things on on uh, these rolling vehicles the way they would at a at a location that's always 
always there. It's always going to be in the same spot. Yeah. Um, you can't do these regular checks and everything. And I know you could have them come in and it seems like there's a way to do this. They could, they could come in for an annual check or a, a monthly check even. Mm-hmm. But they don't have a department set up to do something like that right now. So this is all, it's all groundbreaking. It's all brand new to them. A lot, you know, in a lot of ways, as you mentioned, like the way Uber kind of surprised the taxi industry. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. It pops up out of nowhere. What we're seeing again and we've talked about this on the show before, is the disruptive role of technology. Technology always progresses at a faster pace than legislation. And legislation in any kind of new technology, legislation is still several years behind. For instance, Netflix, right? Uh, Google's autonomous vehicles, Mm -hmm. Uber, and now these apps that allow you to summon gas. Yeah, this, this uh, disruptive technology. I, I, I wonder, is it a disruptive technology or a disruptive service? Because we're really just talking about a simple app that, that summons them. The service is the, the, the disruptor here in this. Yeah, part, right? that's a really I, good point. There's I, no different hardware. No, it's, it's all not. the same nuts and bolts. Yeah, I guess so. Whereas Uber seems to be doing things completely different where, you know, you can order different vehicles. You can uh, decide if you want other people to come with you. One time um, they uh, One time they brought 
animals to our office. <laughs> they did they, kittens, wasn't it? Yeah, they had that promotion. <laughs> yeah, that our uh, our peer podcast. Uh, Caroline and Kristen over at Stuff Mom Never Told You. And sometimes they'll do fun things like you can be picked up in the DeLorean from Back to the Future or uh, the Batmobile or something crazy I think like some, that. Some place in the Middle East had an Uber helicopter service. For oh, a bit. No way. Yeah. Oh, yes, that'd be. Yes, way. That Scott. would be a lot of fun. That would be that would be pretty cool. They don't let you drive though. I would like to arrive at uh, at Turner Field like that, you know, for for a ball game. <laughs> but they would have to land in the middle of the field and show up late. Yeah, like center field, they land there and then uh, they escort you to your seat. That'd be the way, that would be the way to arrive. <laughs> All right. So, Ben, there's so many things to talk about with this, really. Like, there's just this back-and-forth argument with whether it's legal, whether it's not, mm-hmm. what they should do. Should they allow it? Should they not allow it? Um, I, I read a couple of different things, and there's there's so many different viewpoints here. But one one of them was, and this made sense to me, and I, I thought this is, you know, right now it's kind of a luxury service, it seems. Because mm-hmm. there's plenty of gas stations around. You can pump your own gas. It's just a matter of, you know, you don't want to. Or, right. you know, it's it's easier for you to do it this way. It's not like you absolutely have to have this done. Or maybe it's just a more efficient use of time if you're in a really crowded place. Well, sure. And I get I get all those, like, uh, you know, the, the instances where it could be useful to some people or fleets of vehicles. Or imagine having rental cars filled up this way. Mm-hmm. That'd, be a, that'd be a great way to do it, too. I mean, you could. Yeah. Uh, anyways, there's a lot of different you know, situations where this might really work. But one thing that I read that was pretty interesting and made a pretty good, a strong argument for this type of service, they said, you know, the landscape of the city is changing in such a way that this is going to make this is going to make sense because a lot of people are moving back into cities again. Yeah, uh, there's there's an influx right now, and the 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 problem, if you can call it that, is the property values are just soaring. They're going right through the roof. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times in a in a city where you know you might have had you know one or two gas stations on every corner, mm-hmm. now the value of that property has gone so high that the owners are selling. Because gas stations don't make a huge amount of profit. No, they don't. You know what? We'll talk about that in a second. But, yeah. um, At least on the gas. Yeah, maybe maybe they do. There's a big number, I'll tell you in a minute. Yeah. So the, the property value is soaring, and they're selling out, and the problem is then that you know what's going back in is not another gas station. No, it's like a high-rise condo or an artisanal stroller store <laughs> or like a place that just sells... Half boomerangs. <laughs> Custom made blue jeans. Guys, you can tell that Scott and I are reacting a little bit to, uh, to the changes that our own city is a, going a, a through. A bit of gentrification happening here that, uh, is, uh, I, I kid you not, maybe this, maybe this mobile app will work for people who, uh, people whose companies are based in the building we're podcasting in today, Scott, because just across the street, they're tearing down that music venue, the Masquerade, yes. to build another string of another enormous mixed-use development uh, place, oh, right? Yeah, the lofts at Soda Sopa. Is yeah, that it? exactly. Yeah. Uh, the Lofts at Soto Sofa, which is a South Park episode. You guys know uh, we're big fans of South Park. It's one of my favorite South Park episodes. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. That whole season. That whole season is just <laughs> it's amazing. Spot on. But so maybe we are – maybe the creators of these services are prescient and they're predicting this because San Francisco is much further along on the the price-out curve. Mm-hmm. Than uh, than many other cities, uh, partially because of the huge investments made by tech companies. Yes, absolutely. And you know, again, 
far fewer gas stations are, are in cities these days. I mean, it's just a, a matter of fact. I mean, you go out to the suburbs and there's four on every corner. There's at least two on every corner, it seems. Right. Major, major street corners. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just not the case here. You might have to uh, go a long distance in order to find the nearest gas station anyways. And this is just a, a great service. Plus, a lot of people coming from the, the suburbs don't necessarily want to pay the high premium of that of right. the downtown price. But oh, no kidding. that's that's another uh, that's. I don't know if you could, that's unavoidable at this point, though, because they do price it based on the, the local area. So you're not getting the suburb price while you're down here in the city. You're getting the city price while you're down in the city. So exactly. you still are paying more. It's just you, you may be removing the uh, the technicality of getting to that because that, that could be a, a long side trip to get to a gas station if you're trying to leave work, head out on the highway where it's uh, you know rush hour traffic, and then mm-hmm. you've got to make an exit. Fill up your tank and then get back on that highway. That could take a long time in oh, a private yeah. city situation, especially with the insane rush hour traffic. Yeah, exactly. So you know, we mentioned you know how much they make on fuel and everything, right? Just just a moment ago. Oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went through the there's a, there's a number here, and I'll read you just a little bit. And you're gonna have to bear with me on this, but this sets the whole thing up. I'm ready. So it says here that you know people that are in the the, uh, the gas station business don't necessarily like what's going on, of course, right? It's a disruptor, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's taking away their business. And and they said that selling gasoline in the U.S. is a big business. In 2014, that's the latest numbers, there were 10,545 gas stations. Well, that's, that's an interesting number. I thought there would yeah. be actually more than 10,000. Um, so 10,545 gas stations, and they collectively sold $534.7 billion worth of gasoline. See, but that's their... With a B. That's their gross, though. That's not that, their profit. Well, that is a gross, and that's according to the U.S. Census Bureau. So okay. these numbers are, are legit, as far yeah. as we know. Yeah. All right. And then those stations earned. This is now. This is the earnings. Sixty-six point six billion dollars after accounting for what it cost them to buy the fuel. That means that the fuel cost the stations four hundred and sixty-eight point one billion dollars, and they made sixty-six point six billion dollars in profit. Now that I I, I kind of. Yeah, I extrapolated this a little bit. Okay, here, so okay. I'll tell you what I did. Now that, yeah. that that number, by the way, the profit number, that's like a that's like three sixes and then eight zeros afterwards. It's a huge number. Mm-hmm. So you divide that number by the ten thousand five hundred forty five stations, and you come out with an average of six million three hundred fifteen thousand seven hundred eighty nine dollars and forty seven cents. Now that's not to say that every little mom and pop gas station or even even every big gas station is making. You know, six point three million dollars every year wow. on the sale of gas. That's not what I expected. No, that's at a all. huge number, yeah. right? Some are going to be making double that, and others are going to be making almost nothing. Some are going to go out of business because they don't make enough money to pay their employees or keep the lights on, or the rent goes out of yeah. what they can afford. So that number it, it varies dramatically across the board. Like who's making what? You know, the big companies, of course, are making a lot of money on the on every mm-hmm. station they've got. But I had no idea that if you divide ten thousand five hundred forty five stations. You get this number, this huge number of six point three yeah. million dollars yeah. for each gas station. That's a big average number. So um, it, it is a huge, huge business. Now the, the thing is, why why these investors are getting are so interested in this idea, this 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 not new but relatively new idea, is there's there's two things about this that really draws them in, in this mm-hmm. gasoline business. What's that? The first one is that owning a truck is a lot cheaper than owning a gas station. Uh, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, it's it, to fully equip one of these trucks. 
it costs something like fifty thousand dollars. It's buying the truck, it's equipping it, and everything. That's fifty thousand right. dollars. And if that, you, and the, the, I'm sorry, just to interject here, the sure. uh, the equipment that they have is relatively simple. So they have uh, two fire extinguishers, two traffic cones, a bucket of chalk for spills, right? Yeah. And then you know, three hundred twenty-four gallons of gas, so the tank for that. And I wonder about the the tanks. Yeah. It, I, w- I wonder if it's split into two for premium and unleaded, like regular unleaded and premium. Ooh, it has. It, Unless you got one truck that goes out with just premium and one goes out with just regular. Oh, okay. I thought you were asking whether they were bilking people. Oh, yeah. I don't know. No, no, Cause not you, that. Because you've heard those stories. We've talked about <laughs> yeah. it before, like the old gas station in town that's been there for decades or something. It's closed down or they sell out and the bulldozers come in and they find out that the premium, the mid-grade, and the regular were all coming from one tank. Yeah, now, one t- okay, one tank would be a problem. I think two, you can do the blend. They can, you uh, can blend. They yeah. can meter it yeah, and yeah, blend yeah, it correctly. Sure. So yeah. two is a minimum. But one tank, yeah, there's uh, there's something fishy going on there. Um, well, okay, so again, if you have a, a station like what you just mentioned, you know, a yes. gas station, a, yeah. a, a permanent location, that can cost you as much as $2.25 million dollars. So two and a quarter million dollars for a gas station versus fifty thousand dollars to fully outfit one one truck to do this, uh, and that one truck can I mean they can canvas the whole city all day long, and you know they're not operating one; they've probably got a dozen or more. They got a fleet. Yeah, yeah. they got a whole fleet. So the other thing is, um, is that they the, the more fuel that they sell, the less they likely have to pay per gallon. So they're they're going to a supplier that you know will right. provide them in bulk quantity, uh, the, the amount of fuel that they need, and. You know what's not attractive about that? I mean, you, you charge. Of course, you're going to charge this this flat dollar fee, and if you charge the same price per gallon as the you know the least expensive or the average or whatever nearby, uh, you're still going to be making money, and you're going to be paying less for that fuel on the front end, and right. and getting more back from it on the back end because you're just getting the average price versus your discounted price. Which so it's may- very attractive. Yeah, it makes me wonder though. I have questions because we also have to wonder how much. The delivery drivers are being paid. Are they in the same position as Uber drivers where they are considered independent contractors? Mm-hmm. I doubt that because these are definitely company vehicles. Yeah, I wouldn't think so because uh, there, there has to be – and I don't know that not every one of these does this because it's a simple matter of pumping fuel, really. It's very easy. Right. Yeah. But some of them are, are doing, as you said, hazmat certification. Some are doing just, you know, a, I guess maybe a safety course ahead of time, you know, an uh-huh. instruction course. Yeah. Um, I would think that would be kind of the minimum. That's not a huge investment, really. And if you're not paying them a whole lot per hour, that's probably an hourly position, if I had to mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think that they're really losing a lot of money. It's, it's similar, I guess, to having somebody behind the counter at a gas station. Yeah, but that's my question. You know, it's like, what is the price point for someone to uh, to work there hourly and the company to still make money? And what uh, I guess for them, it's good if gas becomes cheaper, right? For sure. bottoming gas price. Um, it is good because they will still pay less. They'll still pay less, and then it gets cheaper just to operate the vehicle. This is a win-win, my friend. Yeah, it's you know what? It sounds like a pretty darn good business to get into, and and there's variations of this coming too. Yes. Uh, eventually, you know, people are going to be delivering hydrogen, you know, to hydrogen fuel cell vehicles, and they're right. going to be drill- delivering electricity to vehicles. And how that would work would be, uh, these would be like uh, you know the quick charging stations, but mobile. So. That's cool. You know, you can have your car, no matter what type of electric car it is, let's say you park in a lot that they haven't yet, uh, you know, upgraded or they don't have enough chargers for you. Right. Uh, you could have the service come out and fully charge your electric car for you while you're at work or, you know, at having 
a doctor's visit or, you know, ball uh, practice or whatever. Yeah. Uh, in an hour, they could charge a car and be on their way and it would cost you, you know, whatever the electricity costs. I mean, I, I don't know how they would check that, but I'm sure it's the same way you can do with, uh, with fuel. And then plus a convenience fee. Yeah. Convenience fee, which is again, that flat fee of, of, you know, I guess for, you know what, I would guess that it's going to be more for an electric car because it will take more of the, more time from the driver because they have to be parked there. Right. Well, it charges and, and a fuel fill up happens in a matter of minutes. Unless they just switch out batteries or something. Oh, uh, yeah. In I which guess. case you'd have to buy into a battery leasing service. Oh, probably. See, that's what that's the whole Tesla thing, right? Like right. they, they want to do that at their own locations. But I don't know if you would even be able to do that on the fly because those things are heavy unless they had. I mean, there's going to be a lot of specialty equipment involved at that point. Right. Yeah. What kind of robot do we have to build for that one? Yeah. I mean, a, a 1500 pound battery. Uh, uh, you're trying to do that in a parking lot, maybe when it's raining or snowing. I don't right. think that's, I don't know if that's going to be possible. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's gonna, it's a a tough one, but... Another thing that we we see here is that just like you said with Uber, this is not a silver bullet situation. This will work for some people, not for others. We found some interesting information about the demographic of these people, especially on the West Coast. Excuse me for saying these people, uh, the folks who find this useful. A a lot of them are owners of uh, larger tanked uh, SUVs. Mm. So 
if you think about it, if you're in an Escalade, which is a pretty long vehicle, pretty big tank, then it takes you longer to fill up at a gas station than it would, say, you know, a Civic. Uh, that's only one factor, though, too. You're also trying to navigate into a gas station. Exactly, in an and, Escalade. In an Escalade, and that's difficult when it's a, a not-so-crowded you know, uh-huh. location. But yeah. if you're in downtown L.A., and you're trying to pull off the road into into a gas station and then back onto the road again, it, it, it I know it sounds kind of funny to say it, but it, it, it's difficult. It, it can be right. it can be diff- it could be a hard thing to do. Um, Some people just don't want the headache. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you've mentioned Uber a couple times now, or we have mentioned Uber, mm-hmm. but I want to tell you about one that this this made me really scratch my head because I can't figure this out if this is a good idea or not. Hmm. There's one particular company, and it's called Purple, and they offer they have a fleet of about 80 cars that drive around Los Angeles, the San Diego, Orange County, and even in the Seattle area. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't operate the way these pump trucks work that we're talking about. This this particular company, Purple, in in these areas. These drivers operate in sedans, and they carry around about a half dozen five-gallon gasoline canisters in the trunk. And that's how they go to make their deliveries. And they come back, refill, and then head back out again. So they've got all these gas canisters in the back. And, you know, however many they pour out, that's how, that's how they're measured. But th- this is so strange, Ben. That's already strange to me to begin with. But to take it one step further, uh, the, the uh, one of the, uh, the uh, founders, I th- founders of the company, I think, said, we wanted to give an option to drivers to skip the gas station as if they were ordering Uber or a Lyft vehicle, and that's what we've been talking about. But he yes. says, speaking of ride-hailing services, some of Purple's drivers actually pick up passengers for Uber between refuel gigs. So Ooh. this is kind of crazy. Now, Uber hasn't commented on this at all. You know, they, they, they declined to comment on it, actually. But here's a driver that's going out and delivering fuel out of the trunk of the vehicle right uh, in these five gallon canisters they've got some time in between or maybe they're out of fuel headed back they they open up their uber app and pick up a rider on the way you know drop that person off and then go back and get more fuel so they're operating they're like doing two jobs there which is i mean that's fantastic you know it's good for them they're go-getters but but the thing is would you want to get into an uber car that likely smells like fuel because i would think that that car would smell like gas all the time and yeah it smells like gas and then also are they licensed or certified to transport fissile well, materials well yeah a, a passenger like imagine a passenger gets in or a, you know a family a small family or whatever three sure. people and you're carrying you know 40 gallons of fuel in the trunk and they don't know that it, that's 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 got to be a safety issue right i, I mean how would, how would you feel if you hop in an uber and eventually you know the guy's very nice or the lady driving's very nice and eventually you go hey uh is there something wrong with your car? What's that smell? And they're like, no, don't worry. It's the gas. I got gas in the back. I got this. I, I deliver gas. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, everybody's getting just a little bit sleepy during the trip. Yeah. Do you guys want some gas? Or do you want me to just keep driving? We don't even have a car. <laughs> we don't even have a car. Yeah, but I, like if you want some gas, you know, just to have. Just for whatever. I mean, that's <laughs> strange. It's, just, it's like one of these strangest things. I mean. And and again, all these companies operate in slightly different ways in all the different cities too. So yeah, I I was looking around at what's available here in Atlanta, and I did find that uh, I found that filled company, and I guess there's others here as well, and in Nashville, which is close by. I I was wondering, Ben. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, the question comes about: Would you use a service like this? Because I don't think I would, and I think I know your answer now because of the way you feel about gas stations. I I feel the same way. I I would not use the service. I would I would use it if I. Had to. I'm not. That's the thing, though. I'm not in the gray argument. I'm not again it. If we're talking about being furred or again it, yeah. But I'm not again it. But I don't think it's fur me because 
I like gas stations too much. The only way I could see myself using it would be if maybe I was broke down on the side of the road somehow, which okay. doesn't usually happen. Okay, well, that's an emergency situation. Yeah, and I don't, there are other services. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see myself using it outside of some uh, outside of some extraordinary circumstance. For okay. instance, if I had a rental car and I was new to town and it was rush hour and I knew that right after I got out of whatever meeting I was in, I had exactly 43 minutes to get across town or something insane like that. Return the rental car. Right. Then I would say, well, fill it up, fill me up um, before I get out of this meeting and I can just hop in and go. That would be worth it. Also, because we've talked about it before, the gas station prices near rental car drop-offs, they're milking you, yeah, man. Don't ever go to the uh, the gas station that's located on the airport or, or near the airport even because they're 6 or $7 a gallon. It, it really, they truly are. Go to and, the quick trip down the street. <laughs> now, it's funny that you mentioned that specific scenario because I did kind of an informal poll among uh, some How Stuff Works employees here. Uh-huh. And I got varied responses, but um, given more time, you know, like during the day, because I asked them in the morning and, uh, you know, it's the afternoon now. They've had some time to think about it. And it's funny. They must have been pondering this hmm. because they came back and said, you know what? I was thinking about this. And uh, one of them mentioned a uh, rental car situation. You know, that'd be a great idea. The other one uh, w- that you mentioned also was, uh, you know, if you if you run out, if it's an emergency situation, you're on the side of the road. The mm-hmm. problem the problem with that idea, though, is that. For one, you know, other services do that. You know, AAA will come out and give you a gallon of fuel if you have their roadside assistance. Yeah. And also the uh, the hero vehicles that I mentioned again that, you know, patrol uh, Atlanta highways, I guess. Uh, they will do that. And I know other cities have similar programs. They'll give you a gallon of fuel to get to the, the gas station. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that, you know, when you push the button to order the fuel, uh, some companies do say, yeah, we'll be there in an hour. Others say, here's your window of opportunity between, or our window of opportunity between, right, right. between noon and 5 p.m. It's like calling the cable company, you know, to come out. It's like you, you're kind of stuck in that spot. Noon and, and 5 p.m.? The well, cable company would never be that specific. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if it's that dramatic. It might be yeah. a, a smaller window, but that's kind of one of the problems I would have with this is that, you know, what if, what if you do push the button when you're at work and say, you know, I need, I need fuel in the parking lot. I'm sure you can cancel, and there, there might even be a fee. I don't know. Right. But let's say that uh, a meeting gets out early, and your husband or wife calls you and says, you've got to pick the kids up at school today because I've got uh, you know, an unexpected um, emergency dentist appointment or something. Right, or you've got to pick up the kids at school today because I was uh, I, I just got notice of my audition for American Idol. Yeah, okay, that <laughs> I don't what, know, what a scenario. Okay, so know. well here's another well here's another little problem, and this is a minor problem, and I know that there's probably a way around this, but mm. uh, most cars now it seems like have locking fuel doors. So you're you're in the you know your office space or whatever, you know, and you, the car's parked outside. Yeah. Uh, do you leave the fuel door open, or do you leave the car unlocked so that the attendant can get in there and get to it? That's because a good question. In a city, you know, like where, where you're likely going to be using this in a city. Uh, you don't really want to leave your car doors unlocked all the time. That's not a, that's not a good policy. People check that kind of thing to see if they can get in and take, you know, whatever trinkets or whatever you have in there. Yeah. Um, it happens all the time. People, I see people checking doors to see if they can get into cars. It happens. 
Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah. what do you do in that case? Or what happens when they get there to fill it up and then they have to call you in your office and you have to run down to the, you know, the, uh, the parking lot or structure or wherever? Mm-hmm. That can take a lot of time as well. I know it's minor stuff, but it's things I'm thinking about. Cause Especially if it's time sensitive. You, you can't pop open a lot of these, uh, these tanks from the outside anymore like you used to right, be able to. Right. A lot of them are, you know, a release inside or, you know, something like that or even a key fob operation. So, I don't know. It's it's tricky in in a lot of ways, but you know the people that I talk to here in the office, and I I don't know. Should I mention names or not? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So Dylan, he's our uh, photo editor here. Oh yeah, yeah. Dylan. And also uh, also occasionally edits our show, car stuff. Yeah, he's probably listening to this right now before all the other listeners. That's an interesting thought. Huh? That's oh. weird. Yeah, it's like time travel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Well, future Dylan. I think he's. I think he might even be kind of a fan. Kind of. He, he has to do it for its work, you know. Yeah, it's his job. It's, it's his job. He's not a volunteer. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So, so Dylan said maybe. And, and he said, you know, here, after he thought about it for a while, he's very thoughtful, Dylan. So he, he was thinking about, you know, reasons. And he said if he was maybe taking off for a trip to his parents' house, who I think, I think they live in Tennessee. Uh-huh. Um, if he was taking off for a trip right from the office and he had forgotten to go to the, the gas station the night before, uh, that would be a situation where he would use it. But really, outside of that, um, that's not really something that he would typically want to use. Um, Allison, I talked to Allison. She mm-hmm. is an editor here yeah. um, for How Stuff Works Now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is a Prius driver. We've talked about, remember, rats in a Prius? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was yeah. her. <laughs> she's, a, she's a Prius driver. And uh, she only fills up something like once a month, and it's really not a big deal for her. It's a short drive home, like five minutes. Yeah. She says there's no way she'd do it because um, well, <laughs> she also threw in there that she's a cheapskate. Which we can appreciate, we can appreciate that on the show. So yeah. yeah, we both, we both appreciate that. That's a good quality. All right. All right. And then Catherine, uh-huh. uh, Catherine, another editor for House of Works Now, she said, uh, she said no. That just right, the, almost immediately said no way I would do it. Um, wow. What yeah, are you hiding in quickly. your car, Cat? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe she's maybe got something it. to hide. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she says no, but then, then she did come back and say maybe in an emergency situation only, but, she does have AAA, and they'll also, they'll, you know, already deliver a gallon the of fuel. The original so fuel delivery I was having trouble finding any, anybody that would really say wholeheartedly, yes, I, I'd use that. I would love to because I, I can't stand the gas station. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, the thing is, gas stations are just so cool, especially if you get out on the interstate here in the U.S. You know, that's... Uh, I love it. I love the truck stops that are like their own little cities. Oh, those you know are what awesome. I mean? Yeah, when you go in and they've got all the CB equipment and, right. and unusual brands of things that you you know don't get in the smaller stations. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to take a shower there unless I had to. <laughs> uh, but you know, oh, I the, like when they have the yeah they have the clean showers and the stocked fishing pond out back. Yeah, right. For the, the truckers, the stocked fishing pond is so cool. <laughs> and the clean showers are a necessity. Um, I, I also. I wish that I saw more of these around. I think I may have missed missed them or missed their heyday. But the uh, the hotel, gas station, restaurant, uh, yeah, truck parking area, sure. all attached in one thing. Sure, those the, things seem so cool. Those old classic motels where you drive up to yeah. the door of your of your room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. there's still yes, yeah, attached. Man, gas stations are the best. You never know what you're gonna find. But you know you're gonna you're gonna find look yeah maybe at a lot of the big chains the food's horrible for you that's fine we can just accept that I'm sure you can find a salad somewhere right <laughs> and don't act like they don't sell fruit yeah just deal with it right we all know we want the pizza yeah of course we do that's fine and but, the roller food yeah and so this brings me to something else maybe not 
I, I don't know. I've eat, I'll eat the, I'm very selective about it. I also I, will do it. I, I promise you guys, Quick Trip is not paying me like me. It is a company. It is from Tennessee, but, uh, they're, they're absolutely not paying me to, to say how great they are. I just think they do a good job. And, uh, agreed. Uh, yeah. And, uh, some of the bigger ones, like racetrack or places right, like that. Flying J. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we, <laughs> it's funny. We're talking, since we're talking about this now, we might as well just yeah. continue down this, uh, this path. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> I don't know if uh, everywhere this is happening everywhere or not, but have you ever you've, you've pulled over before and you've just found a gas station that is just super nice, like everything's brand oh, new. Yeah. They've got uh, you know cut stonework outside, you know like fitted stone columns, and mm-hmm. it's a beautiful place. It really is nice, like uh, you know granite countertops inside and the latest equipment, all stainless steel and everything. Yeah, one of those went in sort of near my house and <laughs> my daughter when she was younger, like it was brand new. Yeah, she, she called it the first class gas station. <laughs> That's yeah, it's true, like though. top quality. Yeah, top-notch. Yeah. That, that's a good name for one, too, yeah. top-notch gas. No, it would be. But, okay, so before I take us any further off the rails of our episode today. Now we're almost done anyway. Yeah, one of the reasons that I'm so gassed about gas stations, I am sorry. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. No, no, it's necessary. It just happens sometimes. But the um, one of the reasons I am so excited about this is because it seems that logically the next step in the business model for mobile fuel delivery will be to deliver things other than fuel, right? Like, like Uber. So if you can't take to, to paraphrase the old, uh, the old quotation, if you can't take Muhammad to the gas station, take the gas station to Muhammad, you know, like, uh, the, the idea being if we already have this truck with relatively simple equipment, how much more of it is, of an investment is it to have a selection of snacks and cold drinks? Ah, but see, then you have to be with the vehicle in order to enjoy that. Unless unless they leave it for you, you know, they unless can, they they can leave it, and then you don't have to make. You know, what if you just see one filling up someone else's tank and say, "Oh, hey, well, that's like the ice cream truck." You have a coke, yeah, turn it into an ice cream. So truck. okay, so maybe while they park and they're filling. They play that little jingle that everybody knows, <laughs> you know, like uh, over the loudspeaker, so that it alerts people to its presence. I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? There, there so, are possibilities because I was I was thinking about this before <laughs> when I had been in um, when I had been in traffic, and there there were these endless, seemingly endless traffic jams. You know, uh, rush hour, some terrible accident occurs. Four lanes, three miles ahead, are shut down on the five lane. Yeah, road. and you were absolutely parked where you just shut the engine off. Right, where where you start looking around and wondering, is this going to be like that old REM video where everybody just gets out of their car? <laughs> it hit me because I've seen this happen before uh, in other countries primarily. I, I was like, this would be the perfect time for someone to hop out and have, you know, I was thinking if I were truly an entrepreneur, I would hop out and I would have a cooler with with some like water, some soda, et cetera. And then it's like, and then I would also have, you know, some kind of snack to not sell. A, not a bad idea. Yeah, but I can't. Well, how about like, uh, you remember the winter storm when everybody was out on the highway in their Cadillac Escalades? Yes, yeah. God. No, that's a, that's a Buford Calloway reference there. If you look it up, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Funny bit, SNL. Um, no, yeah, that's a great idea. Like, it's almost like those guys that, uh, that show up outside of sporting events with a cooler uh-huh. and sell you a bottle of water for a dollar. It sounds like a fantastic deal once you're paying six dollars inside of uh, the same yeah, water. Yeah. However, they're not licensed. They don't have the proper licensing for selling stuff like that. I don't know that what kind of permits you need. Uh-huh. And I don't, man, what would you need to sell, you know, snacks on the highway? I mean, it's, 
It's not even a thing. Well, <laughs> technically, it's already <laughs> illegal because they are non-pedestrian areas. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're not even supposed to be out of your vehicle yeah, at that point. So it's a bummer, but it's true. Well, if you're already breaking the law, you might as well sell some stuff while you're there, too. See, got some jewelry in this container here. It. I got. <laughs> can I interest you in a watch or a cigar? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. How about a uh, here's a here's a, a hat for a sports team that you've never heard of? <laughs> it's like, oh, who are the Ohio Mudfeet? <laughs> oh, you're close there, almost. Really, the Mudhens. Oh, the, the Toledo, I was trying to make up something. Is it Toledo Mudhens? I think it was. It's like the uh, the uh, tri- maybe AAA. I can't remember. It's a farm league. I think. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to make up something. Just a, well, it's just enough off that it would work. Yeah. All right. I, so I get it. Yeah, like a knockoff hat, a knockoff merchandise, something like that. You could be the, so, the worst of the worst. So we have two people then in the <laughs> truck. Two people in the fuel truck. Okay. One guy is. Let's look at. Let's bring it all the way back around, and let's look at it the way we'd look at a heist team, right? So we've got. I guess three people total because we've got a dispatch somewhere who's fueling up the actual 324 gallons or supervising that, right? Yep. Like the dispatcher in taxi. And then these two people go out and one of them, let's say, navigating in charge of tunes and snacks. Oh, and then, good job. Great job. It's a cushy job, but great job. Other one's driving and then fuels. Okay. Or something like that. So they drive. We'll they, call him Knuckles. So Knuckles gets perfect. Knuckles gets to the parts car, and then uh, however they've worked out access to the car, it has it. He's filling it up with it. It's 20 gallons or whatever, and, uh, and 12, I guess, 12, 18 gallons. And then while Knuckles is doing that, uh, the other guy whose nickname is... Mm, I'm stumped on that. I've been trying to think for the last 30 seconds. I can't get one. <laughs> i got to come up with some clever snack name. What about just snacks? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Snacks. All right. So snacks is out there in his very creative street name. Snacks turns on the tunes and, uh, and opens up maybe almost like a side of it, uh, a side of the, uh, sure. the truck. Yeah, uh, like an old roach coach. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly like that. And then just begins to sell okay. their wares. Right. Well, there might be a problem with open fuel near food. That might be one issue, I guess. Yeah, that's one. Sorry to shoot down the idea. No, that's but, great. Uh, so it would have to be prepackaged. Possibility. possibility. Yeah, and then also... You yeah, know, if it's in sealed packages. One of the other things I'm thinking about is also uh, if there are a lot of these calls that are on interstates or if there are calls in bad parts of town late at night, Snacks would probably just sit there shot, uh, shotgun. Yeah. yeah, Snacks is on edge. Yeah, Snacks isn't feeling it. <laughs> it's like these these guys walking up don't want Doritos. Uh, snacks and Knuckles out working the town. <laughs> uh, in that brain stuff video about heist, uh, we gave all the brain stuff hosts uh, some sort of pursuit or you know expertise for the heist. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if our buddy Josh Josh Clark from Stuff You Should Know watched the video. And uh, we we actually made him the getaway driver and in charge of snacks, <laughs> and his name in charge of catering, and uh, his nickname was like Josh Noodles Clark. Noodles, uh, they, and we got a really weird picture of him. So yeah, check out the video. The, the craft services guy. The craft services guy. Yeah, I mean he's. He, I think he appreciated it as as a joke. I'm sure he watched. No one calls him Noodles. And, but what do you think about this idea? If you could and you can, depending on where you live, summon a service to fill up your tank and say goodbye to gas stations forever with a uh, five to seven something dollar fee each time. Plus the fuel. Plus the fuel. Which you're going to pay for anyways. Right. And you're not really getting a discount on it. No. So just every time you push that app button, you you know you're being charged five or seven dollars. Would you do it 
And if so, why? Do you think this is something that would spell the demise or slow decline of gas stations the same way that Amazon and online ordering uh, put uh, put paid to quite a few brick and mortar stores. Yeah, you know what, man? I just want to say this too. I, I think yeah. there is a pile of money to be made in this business. I think that uh, this is something that is going to stick around. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to change rules in order to uh, you know make it work in different cities, allow it to happen. Yeah, and because uh, the need is going to grow, I think. Uh, you know, with the uh, the demise of you know, like the slow demise, I guess, of these gas stations. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. But um, in, in cities, anyways, and crowded cities. And I think that uh, I think there's a ton of money to be made here for somebody who can jump in right now early on this. If you can, right. uh, if you can get in with a fleet of vehicles at fifty thousand a piece, and you know, get the whole thing. You know, if you're if you've got a business mind, and you've got investors, and you've got people, you know, willing to help you along with this, I think this is a good business to get into. Yeah. Um, now it's always going to be a little risky. It, of course, it's risky. It's a huge risk. And, and what direction are you going to go? Are you going to do fuel? Are you going to do diesel? Are you going to do? I mean, sorry, gas or diesel? Are you going right. to do? Uh, are you going to go electric? Are you going to go with uh, some other type of fuel that you know we're we're not really seeing a lot of right now? Where do you want to set up? Because and uh, where do you want to set up? And then also, how flexible do you think those municipal authorities will be? You'll probably have to start in a city. Yeah. How flexible do you think those authorities would be with uh, the current legislation? Yeah, and some people are saying. Right now, well, maybe we're just not asking for permission. We're just doing it until they tell us we can't do it, and then and then and then we'll force a change. You know, we'll we'll write new laws. We'll you know whatever we have to do. But um, that's kind of the uh, the assumption a lot of them are operating on right now, and it's it's kind of working. It's like uh, yeah. they're not looking at each other and what they're doing exactly, and it's 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 functioning. It's happening, but um, maybe not perfectly to the letter of the law right at this moment. Right, and then the question becomes. Uh, how long will this last before it becomes legitimate or before it becomes an interesting flash in the pan? And the biggest issue here is, are people willing to do it? Because, I mean, our, our quick informal survey here of, uh, pretty of, much, of, what, five people? Pretty much unanimous. Five said no. Only only uh, to be done in emergency situations. Yeah, so are you going to get people to bite on this? Is this going to be something that really takes off, or is it going to be something that is just, uh, again, like you said, just an idea that maybe... Uh, it's, it's better left to construction equipment, farmers, and, and mm-hmm. you know, those desolate homes. You know, <laughs> that, that could yeah. be it. Yeah. So let us know what you think. And do uh, check out our earlier podcast on, let's see, did we ever do a gas stations podcast? Oh, man. I don't know. We've talked about we've had... maybe in nuts and bolts type episodes, but never, I don't think, a full gasoline. We've done, oh, how to get, how they, how we get gasoline. How, you know, yeah, yeah. How it from the ground to your car. Right. Right. So that's one. Um, I don't know. Maybe the idea of doing a gas station podcast, just I, I can't tell if it is a good idea or if I'm just hungry. Because <laughs> a little <laughs> little inside baseball here, you guys, uh, we were we were working on another project that was off air and it, it was video stuff. And in between that, those shoots, I was trying to eat a hot pocket. He was. And I felt I felt kind of unprofessional. I apologize. The most unprofessional part of that was he didn't bring enough for everybody. I said there's another one in the fridge. <laughs> well, that's a lot of work. Plus, we were being, we were being, you know, the, setting up for the the shoot and everything. And Ben's got a, a hot pocket in his hand. We weren't even doing it. We were set up. Also, also, would you, uh, would you use an app that would get somebody to just bring you a hot pocket? <laughs> I could use that at home. You know, about midnight every night. <laughs> uh, 
Let, but let us do let us know, ladies and gentlemen. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. You know what I'd like to hear, Scott? I'd like to hear from people who have used this. Oh, that's a great idea. And there's there's bound to be somebody out there who has. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, just people that have an opinion about it, sure. But if you've actually used this service, I'd yeah, love, to, love hear to hear about it. And, and, and the situation that led you to decide that that was a good idea. You know, it could just be an outright hatred for gas, uh, gas stations. Uh-huh. Uh, the process, you know, you don't sure. like it. You don't enjoy it. Um, or it could be maybe a physical limitation of some kind. Um, it could be, you know, that oh, there's a, a, good call. Be a yeah. disability that, that causes you to maybe even temporarily not be able to do it yourself mm-hmm. or, or permanently. Um, that's another situation. But, you know, I'd love to hear you know, the, the situation around why you're using it. That'd be great. Yeah, I as well. You can write to us on Facebook and Twitter where we are Car Stuff HSW and Word to the Wise. Spoiler alert, there may be a listener mail episode in the card soon. So uh, who knows? Your feedback might get on the air. And if you have something that you want to tell us but you don't really care for the social media, we, of course, understand. You can email us directly at carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 